Welcome to Mimeo's Talk of the Trade. I'm Mike McNary. In addition to leading the sales organization here at Mimeo, I'm also interested in unlocking the secrets of sales and marketing. In each episode, I talk with creative leaders to find out how they approach problems like motivating sales teams, structuring the revenue cycle, and fitting product to market. At the end of the conversation, you and I have new takeaways to apply to our everyday life. Let's jump in to today's episode. Hey everyone, Mike McNary here with another episode of Mimeo's Talk of the Trade podcast. Uh, excited about our episode today. It's called Trade Show Success for Exhibitors, What Sales and Marketers Should Know. For our episode, our guest is Nicole Bowman. Nicole is the VP of Marketing and Communications at International Association of Exhibitions and Events, IAEE. Nicole, it is great to have you on the show. How are you doing? I'm good. Thanks for having me today. Why don't we start off uh, with you in, in, in IAEE. Uh, for those of our, in our audience that don't know much about your organization, uh, tell us a little bit about it and, and your role within IAEE. Sure. So IAEE is a trade association. Our members are trade show organizers and suppliers that support that ecosystem. We've been around since 1928. Uh, so we're coming up soon on our 100-year uh, birthday. Wow. So that's kind of exciting. But our sole focus at IAEE is to support show organizers, exhibitors, attendees, anybody that comes to and supports a buyer-seller marketplace to produce those events efficiently and effectively. Um, We also uh, manage the Center for Exhibition Industry Research, which is SEER, and that is a research foundation that is solely dedicated to uh, producing uh, research and insights on the B2B exhibitions industry in North America. Also, uh, we work with the Exhibitions and Conferences Alliance, which is a DC-based 501c6 organization made up of 10 industry associations. So we do a lot of lobbying efforts and um, legislation efforts for the B2B um, industry um, in DC. Covers the, the the whole gamut there, and coming up on a hundred years is really impressive. So, congratulations to you and everyone at IAEE. Tell us a little bit about your role within the organization. You have all these uh, varied interests uh, under the umbrella. Uh, what is it that you concentrate on from a day to day standpoint, Nicole? So, I manage all of the marketing and communications for IAEE and SEER, and then I do some marketing work for ECA, which again was the Exhibitions and Conferences Alliance. Um, We work a lot with our members in producing member-driven insights and examples that others can use and learn from. The the exhibitions industry, trade show organizers, it's a very tight-knit community. You know, while there are competitors in the space, they are, I'll say, few and far between. And everybody just wants to see everyone succeed because events and event revenue tend to be, you know, most of the time, more than 50% of an association's revenue. So it's very important to know what's going on in your industry, in your market vertical, what others are doing, who you can learn from. And so we create those communities and those learning environments for uh, members to come together and collaborate. Sounds like a great resource. And especially uh, like you're saying, if such a high level of revenue contribution comes from these events, what's your favorite part uh, about the work that you do, Nicole? When you produce events, you you get, in a sense, an immediate 
outcome for your efforts. And mm-hmm. I feel like I'm rewarded with that every day. And I, I love seeing our industry come back from the pandemic and really rally around one another. Um, you know, it was hard. The, the pandemic just completely stopped the events industry. You, you cannot take a multifaceted machine like business events and just grind it to a halt and expect it to just start back up again. It just, it, it doesn't happen. It's, it's been a difficult few years, but we are on the rebound. Yeah. And and that's true. And, and we're seeing it, you know, I can tell you from, you know, our experience here at Mimeo, but uh, many of our customers support events and uh, trade shows, and it seems to be a lot of momentum and uh, a resurgence really. Um, but I think that's a good segue. I think, you know, what we're going to ultimately, I think lead to is talking about how to optimize lead generation and engagement at events and at trade shows. But let's talk a little bit about where we are today, right? You mentioned it. It's been a very interesting few years since 2020 uh, in the event space. Um, What's going on in 2023 that, uh, you know, our audience needs to know? Uh, Let me level set here for just a second about the industry. So in 2019, the B2B exhibitions industry in the U.S. contributed $101 billion to the U.S. GDP through direct and indirect impact. So that is a number that's calculated every year by our SEER economists. So when COVID hit, it ground all of that to a stop. And the only impact that was generated in 2020 was from shows that took place, really big shows uh, like you know Consumer Technology Association, uh, CES, um, Con Expo, Con Ag by the Association of Event Manufacturers or Equipment and Manufacturers. Um, those events took place in the first quarter, which contributed to about $40 billion in impact to US GDP. So fast forward to now, um, preliminary uh, SEER index data for 2022 is showing that B2B exhibition attendance more than doubled over 2021, which is a 116% increase. Wow. So that's a really important number because attendance is what really is drives shows success. Uh, you know, you hear people talk about quality over quantity or quantity over quality, and it's really about qualified leads now because the people that are making decisions to come to shows are really taking in a lot of factors about why they want to attend. You know, people kind of don't like to travel anymore. They they like to stay home with their families. You know, they've changed jobs or they still have restrictions on their travel budgets or, you know, corporate uh, companies aren't allowing travel back to its full capacity, you know, before the pandemic. So there's a lot of reasons why people make that decision to attend. And so they become qualified buyers. So again, that attendance number is really important that it has increased so much. Uh, but we yeah. are still 30% below pre pandemic levels in 2019 from 2019 but Sear does expect uh, the rebound to continue uh, this year and it'll finally surpass 2019 levels um, in 2024 there are headwinds that are out of our control including you know a possible recession and geopolitical tensions but you know trade shows buyer seller marketplaces happen in all 50 states they are an economic engine that cannot be ignored there are there are just so many great opportunities that present itself for every event stakeholder that comes to an that comes to a trade show. That's you know, listen, we we're talking about 100 billion uh, pre-pandemic, and to get back to a point where we're going to be exceeding that number in the coming year, I think is really exciting. Anybody who attends events, exhibits at events, or uses them to drive you know brand awareness and leads, 
Um, that's that's really exciting because it's been a lever that many organizations have not been able to pull in trying to drive new customer awareness and you know adoption. Right? Um, I know I can speak personally that events was a great uh, you know lead source for us for years and figuring out how to fill in that hole in these last couple of years has been not only a creative exercise, but also one that has come with pitfalls and, and false starts. So um, personally, I can tell you as a sales leader, I'm excited to see this uh, channel opening back up and being, you know, like you said, attended, but also leading to a, a good ROI. And I look about, I look at it as a sales leader, Nicole, often as, you know, hey, what do we do to generate you know, leads and potential new customer awareness and, you know, eventually pipeline and revenue when I'm measuring the success of an event. What are some other things outside of leads that, you know, exhibitors are hoping to get out of events nowadays? So that's actually a a complex question that you asked, because depending on where you are in your product life cycle as an exhibitor, where you are in your product life cycle, are you brand new? Are you just trying to maintain relationships? That's going to change how you work a trade show. Mm-hmm. Now, at the end of the day, all exhibitors, it doesn't matter where you are in your product life cycle or what you're trying to achieve out of exhibiting at a trade show. You still need to do your homework. Organizers provide toolkits for exhibitors to use. Many of them have free marketing tools in them. Many of them have paid opportunities that produce results. And the exhibitors that don't have a good show, you can, every single time, you can drill it down to, did they open those emails that we sent that had those free toolkits in them? Did they did they deploy those resources? You know, did they do any of the free things that we offered? You know, did did they look up best practices for exhibiting, you know, at trade shows? For instance, at IEEE, did they do any of those things? And nine times out of 10, more than nine times out of 10, they didn't do any of those things. So they didn't have a good show. I mean, there's a science to exhibiting at a trade show. And if you're not going to use the tools to promote yourself and to, you know, produce, get, to get people to come into your booth, well, then you're not going to have a good show. Proven tactics are just that, proven tactics, right? If, if- um, historically, they've led to, to good results. You know, why try to reinvent the wheel um, in every respect, right? I think there are certain things that we can lean on and, you know, you innovate around the fringes and, and try new things to see if you can, you know, find uh, new ways of driving that leads. I think some other uh, things that exhibitors are looking for is what brand awareness, right, Nicole, uh, we've discussed, as well as, um, you know, networking, right? Understanding those, you know, within your industry, your competitor, um, you know, your potential customer. So I think there's a lot of value in attending events beyond how many leads did we get? What did it lead to by way of pipeline and then eventual dollars? Um, I think there's more to it and people need to realize that. So I have a couple of stats for you. Through our SEER Omnichannel Marketing Insights Report Series that was published in 2022, 40% of respondents feel that exhibiting is the most valuable channel when it comes to achieving their marketing objectives of brand awareness, new product launches, and prospect attendee interactions. Another stat was 31% of respondents found that exhibiting is the most valuable for achieving their sales objectives of lead generation, relationship management, a lead qualification, or quality measurement. 
Interesting. Those are two really important stats that, uh, again, even if we are surveying exhibitors for a different type of report series, because SEER does all manner of data and research, I think it's important to note that these stats really don't change. You know, the using trade shows as a valuable marketing channel is is high on the list year over year for brand marketers. Yeah, and I agree with that. I can, I, you know, I think as you mentioned before, um, within associations, it's particularly important. And if you look at it industry by industry, vertical by vertical, um, there will be a different use case. But no matter what, it is an important resource and channel uh, to driving that brand awareness and, and, and that uh, you know, eventual um, adoption, right? It's the, it's the top of the funnel in many respects. So, I think um, also I that the, the pandemic really showed us, and by us, I mean anybody that's ever needed a trade show or has attended a trade show or has wanted to launch a product at a trade show, whatever the case may be, the pandemic really showed us that face-to-face matters. Being in the same room with another human being, no matter what is being said, you get something from that that you can't get from a computer screen. Now, On the opposite side of that, you know, the events uh, industry rallied and really went full throttle into virtual events wherever they could, because they still wanted to provide a way for people to meet, even if they couldn't meet in person. So I think what's come from that is a lot of organizations have seen the value in taking some of their events and or communities online versus always trying to meet in person, but then keeping other aspects in person. So I think it's become this great blend of more opportunity based on being forced into a virtual environment because of the pandemic and not being able to do face-to-face and then seeing the value of, of both. So I think in some respects, it's kind of pushed the industry forward in a direction that it may not have gotten to as quickly as it did. Yeah. And I believe that. I think uh, we see it so many uh, places where uh, whether it's a particular type of industry or a company had to adapt and uh, some of those adaptations uh, were very pandemic specific. And then some are, uh, you know, things that we can leverage as we move forward, right? Uh, and things have kind of gotten back to as close to normal as they're going to, right? So I think right. a lot of folks are using what they, they learned and discovered during that period um, and, and finding ways to apply it into, uh, you know, 2023 and beyond. Let's talk a little bit about, you know, maximizing trade shows from a lead standpoint. Right. You have mentioned, uh, you know, all this great research that your organizations have done and, you know, your expertise is, you know, uh, vast in this area. So what are some tips and best practices that you can share with our audience that might help to maximize engagement and lead generation for exhibitors? You're asking some tough questions today, Mike, because they're, (laughs) they're all they sound like simple things to answer but they're actually quite quite complex in in nature. So we earlier uh, in this episode we we talked about exhibitors using the tools that organizers make available to them. So all organizers have an attendee list obviously. And there are ways that you can communicate uh, with those attendees without reaching out to them directly because most attendees do not want their if not all attendees don't want their information shared. But there are programs and communities in place where 
that interaction can take place beforehand. So I, I would say uh, above anything else, exhibitors need to use the toolkits that organizers provide to them because organizers have done the research. They've listened to attendees. They know what the attendees want because they've surveyed attendees. So they know ahead of time who those attendees want on site and what they want to see. So when an organizer is reaching out to an exhibitor to exhibit, there's there's a reason behind that. It's not just throwing spaghetti at a wall and seeing who's going to exhibit at their show. They're wanting very specific types of people to make that attendee buying and or learning experience as good as it can be on site because the show organizer has provided a show floor of who the attendee wants to see. Interesting. I'm hearing, you know, address your audience strategically. And the, one of the mm -hmm. best ways to do that is to leverage the available tools that Absolutely. are provided to you. So once you get on the show floor, then it's a whole different ballgame. You, you have to have an engaging booth. Now, I say that knowing that booth design can be expensive. Some people only can bring a pull up um, into their booth. But that is where you have to use all the tools that are available to you. Yes, you could have a, you know, 50 by 50 island booth that is a double decker and, you know, is the most amazing thing in the world. Or you can have a 10 by 10 that maybe has a pull up and some basic signage. But that doesn't mean that your booth can't be effective. There is little things like, you know, have extra padding in your uh, booth. So it makes it more comfortable for attendees to stand in. They'll stay longer. Mm -hmm. Um, don't sit down in your booth and be on your phone. Nobody wants to approach you if you're on your phone. The, an attendee will just walk on by because, you know, as an attendee, there's still a lot of if, if unless you're the type of person that just can walk into a room and talk to anybody, there's some anxiety on the attendee side. And For I sure. only speak from personal experience that. You know, you've got people staring at you from a booth. You you feel like you're an, a, an animal with people walking by you in, in a zoo. <laughs> and, you know, it's uncomfortable to walk into uh, someone's booth because it's it's almost like their home or their room. So you have to make it as inviting as possible. So, you know, when I think about the types of people that should should staff booths, you know, it, it needs to be somebody that, you know, is, is welcoming. And and I and I say that with a grain of salt because. You know, people can tell if if you're going to they can tell by the look on your face if you're going to be easy to talk to. So you either know you're easy to talk to or, or you're not. I mean, most people, I would hope, are self-aware enough to know if they are approachable. But you need to have approachable people in your booth. <laughs> yeah. But you also, you know, if all you can do is a 10 by 10 booth with some basic signage, well, then you need to use those free tools and get people excited about coming to your booth. Because maybe yeah. your product is good enough is exciting enough that you just need to hook that person in your booth and talk to them about it and show them your marketing materials. And it really doesn't matter what the signage is in your booth. Yeah. And I think that resonates uh, quite a bit, right? I think it's, uh, we found, and also my experience has been when attending events that if you don't have the right personalities, the right tone and the right approach in those instances, you're taking potential off the table. I really like what you said about the padding. That's, that's a neat tip right? Make it comfortable physically for them to be engaged and to stay in your environment. So I think a, a lot of good takeaways there. Let me ask you this. So, you know, we've touched on, you know, staffing the booth, you know, leveraging the tools that are available to maybe make more from less, right? If you don't have maybe the budget to, to 
go in and wow your audience with some crazy booth or setup. Uh, make sure that you're doing the other things that you can effectively to to drive engagement. What is your feeling on you know running games or raffles or contests at a booth? Um, does that help with brand awareness in an event, or what's your take on that? So I'm going to say yes that it helps, but I say okay. that with the caveat of you know when you attend a show, it doesn't matter if it's a thousand attendees or a hundred thousand attendees. There are all kinds of different attendees at that show. There are some that are just going to build, you know, and maintain relationships. They're mm-hmm. going for new product launches. They're younger, they're older managers or their CEOs. So I think it really just depends on the person coming to your booth. Do I think that games and raffles and prizes and all that helps? Absolutely. But it's not going to help everybody. Well said. And I think, it, and, and that's that's the good point, right? Is that it's going to get you a uh, subsection of the broader audience. But like you said, if you're not leveraging all of the tools and tips available, then you're probably leaving that other section that's not attracted to things like that off the table, right? And you're limiting your 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 influence. Now, you know, one of the things that we actually support our customers with is driving engaging giveaways right so at events or you know within booths you'll see a lot of times uh exhibitors have you know maybe it's branded uh, uh merchandise or mm-hmm. you know great branded promotional items or even really really flashy and engaging collateral is that something that you find is a, a you know a good tool to drive engagement not only at the event but afterwards or is it something that doesn't make much of an impact Oh, no, I definitely think it makes an impact. But again, on the person coming to your booth, you know, there are a fair number of shows that don't do attendee bags anymore. So if if you're handing out things, it's probably going in someone's, you know, backpack or their purse. Maybe they got a bag from another booth. I, I think that the promotional products that have a separate use, like a USB stick or, you know, a coffee mug that heats up, you know, whatever the case may be. There's just millions of different promotional products out there. I think if they have a secondary use after the show, but have your information on it. I mean, again, this is a, a, a personal opinion, but I, I think something with a secondary use is is more beneficial than just a piece of paper about your company. Um, one of the things that our marketing uh, uh, folks will talk about is, will it be on someone's desk later on, right? Mm-hmm. Will it be in use in that person's workstation, you know, you know, after the event? And if it's something that the answer is maybe yes, then it's probably going to help with brand awareness than something that is disposable and that's going to just end up in a landfill. I do think though that if you have a product that you want somebody to use, you know, like a service-based product, let's just, you know, an internet product, whatever that is. You know, I think you have to make the the, the, the ask enough that someone would want to take the, the risk. And by risk, I mean the time and the energy and the effort to use your new product. You got to make it worth their while. So, you know, offering yep. someone a 10% discount off your services, I know that wouldn't sway me to try yep. something new. I would need me like... Either. 20, 25%, like it's got to be something that is a meaningful discount, or maybe it's free use of your product for six months or whatever. If you really believe it or something and and you know that you can turn a lead into a, a, you know, a revenue source, then, you know, offer your product for free or offer a deep discount on it. And and make the benefit maybe in some way specific to the folks at the event, Mm -hmm. right? Make it feel exclusive too. 
exactly. I think is another tactic. Let me ask just kind of one more uh, question before we kind of sum things up, Nicole. Do you think there's a particular uh, mistake or set of mistakes that folks make when they're exhibitors? It's something that you may see often um, that may hinder uh, uh, engagement or uh, driving leads? Yes. People are doing their research before they get on that trade show floor. I'm sure there's a percentage. I don't know what the percentage is of people that just show up to an event and just walk around. But most attendees today, you know, they're having to prove to their bosses what their ROI is going to be before they come back. So they're doing the research ahead of time. They're they're telling their bosses, you know, who they're going to be meeting with, you know, what sessions are they going to be attending? You know, how many exhibitors do they think they're going to be able to meet with? So they're doing their homework beforehand. So you you need to use the tools that are available to you to get your name out there so people will want to meet with you. Yeah. Listen, I I think this has been really great, Nicole. Um, if I was going to kind of sum up uh, some of the takeaways for our audience, you know, first, you know, events are back. Okay. Uh, face-to-face matters. And what we're seeing is that it's back and it will always be a component of this B2B uh, interaction that we all are are kind of a part of, right? And so I think that's a really good takeaway. Um, Second, I'd say audiences are diverse, right? So if you want to make an impression, if you want to drive leads, if you want to drive engagement from that broad and diverse audience, you need to leverage all the tools available. Because one tactic may only appeal to one subset and another, another subset. But in order to get them all and to get all the returns that you're really seeking with these events, you've got to to optimize and you've got to listen to the experts. One third uh, point is, you know, if you're going to be leveraging kind of takeaways, offers, giveaways, make sure that there's something that has real value, Mm -hmm. right? Something that's going to drive either longer term brand awareness, have a secondary value, or if you're offering something sort of exclusive, uh, you know, event specific uh, discount or or perk, make sure it's substantial, right? Make sure that it drives someone to be willing to take a chance on your service, on your product, on your platform. Otherwise, um, it, it might not be enough to get them over the over the hump, so to speak. So you're right. Um, I think it's a really, really great. And um, I, I can think of uh, a number of ways that our team can leverage some of the stuff right away. So I'm really appreciative, Nicole, and I think the audience will be as well. Thank you. And, and hopefully we'll have you on again sometime soon. Okay. Thank you. I appreciate the time. Talk of the Trade is hosted by Mimeo, the better way to print. Find out more at www.mimeo.com.